Jesus, in these moments, help us to hear your voice, our teacher, our friend, our Savior. By the power of the Holy Spirit, teach us, your disciples here this night, what your disciples there that night learned from you. Amen. Jesus had been intensely anticipating his last supper with his disciples, eagerly longing to spend his last night with his best friends to express his deepest concerns and feelings with them just before the horrors that the next hours would bring. This night is perhaps the most intimate and sacred in all of Scripture, perhaps in all of history. Jesus is determined to make a lasting impression on them, to make sure they know deep down in their hearts the most important things Jesus came for. So he underscores the heart of his relationship with them, the heart of his ministry, the heart of it all. Jesus says, it's love. Above all, love. In these nine verses, Jesus repeats the word love nine times, so we can't miss it. This passage is the heart of his whole long conversation in that upper room, the heart of Jesus' whole ministry and teaching. Jesus boils down everything he ever said and did into just two things. First, I love you. The Father loves you. Abide in my love. Take it in deep. Soak yourself in the love of the one who created you and loves you. This is the first and greatest truth of Jesus. Abide in God's love for you. And the second is like it. Share my love. Let God's love in you overflow through you. Love each other. Let God's love go through you. As the Father has loved me, and I have loved you, now you love one another. And Jesus does more than simply teach them the heart of it all. He incarnates it. He reminds them that he has been modeling this before their eyes, abiding in God's love and loving his disciples deeply. He's been showing them how to do this for three years. But Jesus does even more to reinforce his most central truths. That night in the upper room, Jesus enacts both with two gifts. The gift of communion, the Lord's Supper, where God invites us to partake of his love tangibly in Jesus' body and blood given for us. And Jesus gives the gift of washing their feet, where Jesus enacts the loving and serving of his friends tangibly. Communion and foot washing, two intimate and sacred actions, rich in warmth and affection, rich in meaning and significance. And they were gifts in that present moment for his disciples, but also for all time, Jesus institutes these gifts as models, as patterns for all disciples to follow, for us to follow. Jesus knows we will need very tangible spiritual practices to help us remember what is most important, what's really at the heart of it all, 
the gospel truth, the heart of all of Christianity, is that love always comes first. Love comes toward us in Jesus before anything is ever expected from us. More than anything else, Jesus wants us to experience God's love, to abide in God's love. Abide is a key word in this passage. So what did abiding in God's love mean for Jesus? And what can it mean for us? Jesus enjoyed a personal, intimate relationship with the Father. Jesus knew the Father's love deep down. He knew his Father claimed him as his beloved Son with whom he was well pleased. Jesus fundamentally knew he was loved, accepted, that he belonged. The scripture tells us that Jesus often spent time alone with the Father to cultivate this most important relationship. And certainly Jesus stayed in tune with the Father even as he traveled here and there with lots of people and responsibilities. If we want to experience an abiding in God's love, we must receive it, welcome it into us, spend time just soaking up the Father's love. You can reflect on how God has loved you in the past, that you are a beloved daughter, a beloved son of God. We can live like Jesus did from that central identity of being loved, accepted, and chosen. We can be completely open and authentic with God in prayer. We can be mindful of God's loving presence with us in both the busy and the quiet moments of our lives. This passage also teaches another aspect of abiding that Jesus learned from his Father. Jesus wasn't born with all the knowledge of God. Jesus was fully God and fully human. The Bible says Jesus learned from his Father. He grew in wisdom. He matured throughout his life. He devoted himself, himself to studying and learning the scriptures, learning what God is like, what he's up to, what matters to God. He became a godly man. He learned obedience to God over time. If we want to abide in God's love, another key is learning from God. How are we learning from God? Growing in the knowledge of who God is and what God's up to. How can you devote yourselves to learning from the scriptures like Jesus did? I think few things help us to experience God's love more deeply than when we see God's transforming power in us, changing us, maturing us, and teaching us his ways. Like Jesus, we can learn to joyfully obey, to reflect God's character and God's purposes. And this deepens our experience of God's love. So Jesus teaches us to abide in God's love through soaking in God's loving presence, through learning to mature in godly character and obedience. And third, Jesus showed us how through the gift of communion, the Lord's Supper, where Jesus reminds us that he gave his life for his friends. Sometimes it's called the Eucharist or the great thanksgiving. Gratitude 
Thanksgiving helps us abide in God's love. Even this night, the night before his passion, Jesus was giving thanks to the Father and experiencing joy. It's repeated in this passage. He didn't want the agony, but the Bible says he endured the cross for the sake of the joy of participating in God's plan to save the world, to save us. He suffered for our sake so that we can experience the love of God like Jesus did. The cross opens the way for us. Jesus knew his identity and his loving purpose, and he felt joy even despite his suffering. So let's abide in God through gratitude. Gratitude for God's love, gratitude for the scriptures, for communion, for Jesus' body and blood given for us on the cross. Jesus' last conversation here with his disciples hinges on two central truths. Actually, they're commands, which is why, as Dana said, this is Commandment Thursday, or Maundy Thursday from the Latin. Jesus commands his disciples, commands us, to abide in God's love, and then commands us to love each other as he has loved us. This is God's path to life and love to joy and peace. Loving each other is so important that Jesus repeats it twice and calls it a command five times to focus his disciples on the most important things, the heart of his ministry. And again, he gives lots of examples so we can picture what he means. Already at the beginning of the evening, he has already taken the role of a servant and washed their feet. He demonstrated loving and humble service for them and told them to do for one another what he had done for them. Jesus models loving one another in the most practical things of life. This act of service is at once common and sacred. He sees a simple practical need and stoops down and serves them humbly in love. What are the simple, practical needs in our family, in our church, in our community? How can you serve in some simple way, as Jesus demonstrates, wherever we are? Ask God to show you how you can be a humble, loving servant and do as Jesus did. Jesus also helps us picture loving each other through the metaphor of bearing fruit, when we abide in God's vine, when we remember that we are created and loved by him, we will bear fruit in loving others. And that fruit, Jesus says, will last. The branch doesn't have to strain itself to bear fruit. It simply abides in the vine and fruit bearing occurs. Jesus emphasizes that everything we need to bear fruit, everything we need to obey, to love others in Jesus' name, the Father is pleased to give. We don't have to do it on our own. It doesn't work that way. It's not supposed to. All throughout this passage, Jesus reminds us of how it does work. We abide and we obey. We receive God's love and it overflows to others. It's not one or the other. 
It's an unending rhythm of love, a renewing, life-giving, joyful cycle of spiritual life. Christians down, the, down through the centuries have referred to this dynamic as spiritual breathing. We breathe in God's love, God's presence, God's friendship, and then we breathe out God's love, God's purposes, God's good fruit into the world. But we've been taught not to breathe. We've been taught not to take deep breaths. But Jesus says, take a deep breath. Take me in deep. Fill up your whole being with the Father's love. And then breathe it out. And then do it again. God never said, take a deep breath and hold it until next year's retreat. <sighs> no. Nor should we keep breathing in without ever breathing out. Enjoying God's love for me, but never sharing it with you. No, it doesn't work that way. It's not supposed to. Abide and obey. Learn from God and pass it on. Fill up and pour out. And fill up again and pour out again. Deep roots produce good fruit. Good fruit relies on deep roots. As we abide in God, God gives us whatever we need to love and serve others. And as we love and serve others, God is pleased to fill us up with his love, his peace, his joy, whatever we need. Finally, we cannot miss the fact that directly in the center of this passage, Jesus focuses on the cross. He says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends. Jesus puts the cross right in the middle of his two commands. For centuries, Christians have looked at the cross to remember Jesus' two greatest commands. The vertical beam reminds us to abide in our relationship with the Father. And the horizontal beam reminds us to love one another. On Commandment Thursday, Jesus taught and modeled and enacted God's love. And then on Good Friday, on the cross, Jesus showed the full extent of God's extravagant, self-sacrificing love. Our Savior Jesus says, if you remember nothing else, Remember this most importantly. Abide in my love and love each other. And our loving Heavenly Father is pleased to give us everything we need to do just that. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you plant these words of Jesus so deep within us that we can never forget them? Help us to deeply experience living in your love so much that it overflows in loving others. We pray this with deep gratitude and love. Amen.